It's a, a great, great day to be at Clearview. And so it, we've been working on this for, man, in some parts of it, really the better part of a year and a half, and then some parts of it just in the last few months. So I'm going to walk you through this morning, uh, kind of, we got a sale, we're going to be referring to that quite a bit. Hey, got that off of, uh, stole it off a guy's boat in southern Florida, not really, uh, but I, I did get it uh, off of a boat in Florida, it's actually, it is an actual sale, pretty cool. So, you know, I, I've never been much of a guy in sailing, but I can tell you this, I have gone deep sea fishing several times, and this is what I do know. If you're going to go out in the deep, two things have got to happen. One, you got to prepare the boat, right? And if you've ever been fishing much, you know preparing that boat is a lot of work. I mean, it is a lot of work to get ready for that voyage. And then we're going to talk to you this morning about setting your sail. We're going to do this in two parts today, and uh, we're going to talk to you about the, the preparation phase of what, of what our church has been doing, what our leadership's been doing to get you ready for the next coming year. And then we're going to talk about your involvement of what, how you can respond to God this morning. So we're going to talk first about what I'm just going to call preparing. Um, you know, uh, my... my you know that I, I love sports, and, 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 and I've I, I tried not to, you know, bring up sports in every sermon, just every other, um, because I, I, sports taught me a lot about life. It taught me a lot about myself, taught me a lot about failure, uh, and it continues to, to do that. But in this room about two weeks ago, uh, I asked, and it, it wasn't a trick question, but I asked our crowd of leaders, we had a lot of our church leaders, people that lead ministries or lead small groups or committee leaders, we kind of put all of our leadership in a room, and, and, and I, I showed them this picture. I said, okay, for, you know, it's about to be football season here coming up for college pretty soon, and, and, and I asked them this question, and I'm going to ask you, and it's okay for you to respond out loud, okay? So I said, what happens... What's going to happen to you if your defense stays on the field all night long? You're going to lose. You're going to lose because you're playing defense all night long. And one of the things I have noticed at Clearview over the years, and I understand why we do it. I really do. It's not because we're not doing it right. But I have noticed at times it's not any one person, it's not any one ministry, it doesn't happen all the time, but I notice it in different ways and in different fashions to know that, that many times at Clearview, we are hesitant as a church. We play defense a lot. You know, there's a big difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. There's a big difference between playing not to lose and playing to win. And if there's anything that we've learned, you guys, in a post-COVID era, meaning COVID started a year ago, churches that aren't aggressive in the years ahead, we're going to lose. We're just going to lose. The church across America in many ways is withering, and we're not going to participate in that. Amen? We're not. So today is a lot about literally Playing from a posture of playing to win. I want us to learn to play to win and not play defense all the time. So we're going to talk about preparing for the journey ahead. I'm going to share with you a couple of key items on that. And then we're going to talk about what it means for us to set our own sails. So I want to share with you, um, as I was praying about this earlier in the summer... I began to ask God, God, we, we need a new perspective. We, we, need, we need to, instead of band-aiding things, there are things we need to level and start over. Instead of sometimes just patching up something that, to make it get through the next era, we need to start over in some places. There's some things that we need, something completely new instead of just a band-aid. And so this was... The Lord put this passage on my heart in, verse, in, uh, in Psalm 40. A little bit of it's on the screen. The psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. Psalm 40, verse 2, he brought me up out of the pit, out of destruction, out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, 
a song of praise to our God, many will see and fear and will trust the Lord. Today, I'm going to share with you a new song, a new path that Clearview is going to pursue and how you can join us in that. And man, do I hope you do. But I want to make sure you hear something right out of the gate, okay? I want you to hear something right out of the gate. We are all busy people. We all have lives to live, businesses to run. We have grandkids and school kids. You've got classroom work and homework. You've got school activities. We've got all kinds of things that happen to us. And I want, to, I want you to hear me really clearly. The last thing that we're going to do is just try to do stuff because we need to be a cool church. The last thing we're going to do, is th th this whole day today is not about us just giving you more to do. Now, let me tell you the foundational reason that we're bringing all this to you today. You're going to see a lot of key movements that our church is making, but here's the reason why. Here's the motive behind all of it, and here it is. People who die without Jesus go to hell when they die. People who die without Jesus go to hell when they die. You know what? I wish it weren't true. I really do. I wish it weren't true, but it is true. Because you see, God made every human being. But more often than not, people choose to want to go their own way and do their own thing. And, and God lets them do that. But if you're going to choose in life to disown God, he is very clear then he's going to also let you disown him in eternity. What we do at Clearview isn't to be more moral. It's not to be a representative of good values and good religious people in the town of Franklin. No, what we do is for the reason of the fact that if people die without Christ, they go to hell when they die. When Paul was writing to this one church, he was talking about the return of Christ and what's going to happen on that day. It was a church called Thessalonica. And and, and look at what he said. He was trying to encourage the Christians to hold on and keep going. And he said, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, the second coming, inflicting vengeance on those who, A, do not know God, and B, on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus, these will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction, separated from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might when he comes to be glorified by his saints. You see, hell is a reality, friends. It is a reality. And if hell isn't a reality, then we've got two main problems. One, God's a liar. God's a liar. If hell isn't a reality, then God's a liar. And we're all crazy because the word of God is misleading people. If if this isn't true, but you see, I'm banking my entire life on the fact that the Word of God is the Word of God. I'm banking my entire life on the fact that God is who He says He is, and He's going to do what He says He's going to do. He sent His Son, Jesus, to go to a cross for a reason, for a reason. Look at what Paul said to the church at Philippi. He said, for as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach, meaning their appetite. Their God is their appetite, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Enemies of the cross of Christ. I want you to know, friends, that the people that work and live and play and operate around you, these people need Jesus and that's why we do everything we do. All of your friends that you get on social media with, all of your friends that you're on your devices, you know, I see a lot of times many of you huddled up and you're going back and forth and it's awesome talking to you, chatting with your friends. You understand that your friends that don't know Jesus are going to spend an eternity in hell if they don't know Christ. That's just the reality of it. It's really hard it's really hard for Christians to really come to grips with this. Because you see, we see people that we know and love as good people. And they are. They are good people. 
They are good people. But goodness is not righteousness. Goodness isn't righteousness. The Bible makes that very clear. What, how do we define goodness? By whose standard? Am I good compared to somebody in the Taliban? Or am I good compared to Jesus? It, well, it depends on who you compare me to. But the Bible says that we have all fallen short. We have all sinned against the glory of God. And that includes people that you love. Even people maybe like your grandparents, who are good people, but they don't want anything to do with Jesus. The Bible says every person's going to have to give an account. The people that you're in a sales meeting with, the people that are in your boardrooms, the people that you're negotiating contracts with all the time, the people that you work alongside and are on a team together, there are many good people. But I'm telling you, the scriptures are very clear. If they don't know Christ and they step off into eternity without Jesus, they will spend an eternity separated from God in hell. And that is why we do what we do. We are not here just to make a cool church happen. We are here because what we do matters and what you do matters. And it matters a lot. So I want to walk you through how we're preparing the boat, if you will, and then how you're going to set your sail. So let me walk you through some of the preparation phase. I'm going to give this to you kind of in the form of mile markers because it doesn't have a shelf life. These are mile markers that we... We may get to them some faster than others, but I want to show you what your committees, finance, missions, personnel, I want to show you what your trustees, what we've been working on for the last many months to get our church in a position to win for the glory of Jesus. The first mile marker is what I'm just going to call eliminating debt, just eliminating debt. You, you've hear, heard us talk about in the last several months about this idea of trusting the trustees. And I want to tell you something. I was so proud of our church for freeing up. You don't realize how critical that was. Because by trusting our trustees to go and look at how we can leverage some of our unused property that, that we're just not going to use, how, how we can actually do that in Jesus' name and do something really cool with it. Look, you realize it's not just about us selling the land. You know what gets me excited? It's the fact that we're going to have between $350,000 to $500,000 worth of extra money every year. Can you imagine what we could do with $500,000 extra dollars a year? Can you imagine? We would have to invent ways to spend that. I, mean, I can invent them. I can figure that out. But we're going to have to, we can infuse kingdom capital into this town, into your schools, into your organizations, into your businesses. We can find creative gospel ways to get the gospel into our town. We can do anything more than just paying the bank. Listen, it was good what we did to build those buildings. But now it's time to retire that thing Amen. and get it off of us so that we can do kingdom work. And you know what's going to happen? If the Lord allows and we can sell some of that property and pay off the debt and, and make a profit on it, you know what we're going to do? We're going to tithe. Clearview is going to tithe. You know why? Because that's what you do. See, I think we need to show our people that when we, when we receive an income, we're going to tithe. So we've been working with our finance team already. And what we're going to do is we're going to pick a ministry and we're going to, and they don't know it. And whenever, if we, if we do have, uh, hope, hopefully we will. And, and if we do have some profit left over from the sale, we're going to walk into a ministry's life and we're going to say, it's a good day to be you because we're going to help them do kingdom work just because, just because. And I will tell you one other area that we're going to move into this idea of Mile markers is what I'm going to call aggressive positioning. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting. I'm going to show you a video in just a second of the ways that some of your committees, especially your finance team, has positioned our church to not play from a defensive posture, 
we're going to go and play from an offensive posture. This year, we're playing to win. I want you to watch this video. It's pretty neat what God has been doing lately. Mile marker three is about aggressive positioning. And that starts with our ministry investment plan. It's more than a budget. It's a belief system focused on the resources God gives us. This year, our finance committee will be presenting you with a $3.8 million plan. It's the most aggressive financial plan Clearview has seen in more than a decade. Just a few weeks ago, our finance committee did something quite historic. Instead of looking at last year's budget, they took two weeks, fasted and prayed, and asked God, what do you want our ministry investment plan to look like? God, what is your number? They spent long hours in multiple meetings and deep discussion over what they felt God to be calling us to do in 2022. We are incredibly proud of the approach they took this year by being bold in forecasting and managing the resources of our church body. Aggressive positioning includes our committee meeting structure. Starting this fall, we are completely renovating how our committees actually meet. Why? Because what happens in our committee meetings affects the future of Clearview. It is serious kingdom work. Committees will meet quarterly and everyone will meet on the same night. We will first gather in the chapel, praying together as church leaders. We will take communion together. We will look at God's word with our pastors, hearing from God and listening to his vision for our next steps. From there, we will break out into our respective groups to look at the path forward into our future. Aggressive positioning also includes restructuring staff members to move Clearview into the future. And we are going to cover that in just a moment. God's word tells us that he has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. Clearview is moving forward. We are not shrinking back. Our finance team, if you're, if you're in here and you're on that, I just want you to know that was that three and a half hour meeting that was torture for you guys, it, it wasn't. It was one of the most proud moments I've had as your pastor. To see, listen, we, I'm just going to tell you, finance meetings are sometimes a little, um, well, they're, they're just nuts and bolts. But we spent three and a half hours talking about the future. And I was so impressed. I, I, I was so impressed. Our team has done so much. And listen, 3.8 million. Hey, it's, it's, it's bigger budget than we've had in over 10 years, okay? Like, come on, y'all. All right? We can do it. God can do it. Amen? God can do it. And, and we're, we're going to show you how we're going to put that to use we're going to move into mile marker four and what we're just calling strengthening Clearview's foundations. Remember, we're getting the boat, we're preparing the sail, and then we're going to ask you to set your sail. When we take some of our new budget dollars, and, and if, if the Lord can, can move this uh, idea of us selling land and get all that together, we're going to combine that and we're going to strengthen our campus ministry in a couple of ways. One, I would say through campus improvement. All right? You, don't, you may not realize it, but it would come as no shock, especially this building you're sitting in right now needs a lot of work. There's some things going on in this building that are keeping us from doing other ministries that we really want to do. So we, we've got quite a bit of campus improvement. We had an audit done uh, a couple years ago by a really great company that came in and basically audited our facilities. They looked at HVAC controls, plumbing. They looked at foundations. They looked at everything about our bones of our building. And they gave us a rollout of phases of when we need to start getting on some of those things. We're going to spend some of that in campus improvement, but we're also going to spend some money in digital we're going to spend some money in digital missions. I don't think I have to convince anybody since COVID started that digital missions matters in the church space, right? I mean, some of you, many of you got to stay plugged in at Clearview because of our digital ministries. But we can do more. Y'all, we can do more. It's not about us just having really good live stream. 
It's about us sharing the gospel through social media. It's about us sharing the gospel through YouTube. It's about us doing ministry through digital spaces all throughout 37064 and 37068 and 37069 and 37067. We can do so much more, and we're going to invest in that. That's the preparing phase. You know, I, I heard an old preacher say one time, he said, a revival or an awakening in a church is a lot like a sailboat. Only God can make the wind blow, but you have to set the sail. You've got to set the sail so that when the wind does blow, you're ready. And so this morning, I'm going to break this down into three key areas we're asking you to invest. Three key areas we're asking you to invest by setting your sail. We're going to ask you to set your sail with your presence. We're going to ask you to set your sail with your money. And we're going to ask you to set your sail with some soul work. There's some soul work that we want to do in the next year that I think is going to be pivotal in the history of our church. So let's start with the idea of your presence. You know, we can do a lot of things at Clearview, but we can't do anything without you. I mean it. We can't do anything without you. You matter. We talk a lot about you discovering your purpose. I found out a long time ago, I'm pretty good at creating ideas, but I found out truly, it's really hard for other people to adopt passion. It needs to come from the inside, something that you feel like God wants you to do. And so we are creating avenues for you to pursue God's call on your life. And one of those is in what we call Give Us Franklin. Give Us Franklin started out as a prayer, and it became kind of a movement in our church. Give Us Franklin is about us asking God, hey, God, take us into our town. Take us into the businesses. Take us into the schools. Do it through creative ministry efforts that share the gospel. And so today, I want to talk to you about two key ways that we're going to expand. I want to bring Kim Margrave up here. Everybody say, hey, Kim. Hey, Kim. Let me tell you. This girl right here is, I've known her for almost 20 years, and they call her in Yorkshire, they call her the ninja. Now, she doesn't look like a ninja, but she can kick you, buddy, if you don't, if she doesn't get what she wants. I'm just going to tell you, she is from East Tennessee, by the way. Mountain people, they'll hurt you. Um, but Kim's going to talk to you. Kim's our missions director. Let me tell you all something. Kim Margrave, in the middle of a pandemic, she kept missions moving at Clearview. Aren't you proud? Aren't you proud of Kim? Oh, man, I'm telling you, she did. I'm going to let Kim talk to you about this, a little bit about how Give Us Franklin is going to expand this year. Give Us Franklin, as Jason said, it started out as a prayer, and we're praying it's a movement. There are a lot of people moving to Franklin, a lot of people from different places around the world. And God's brought them here, and we have an opportunity to reach those folks. If you go for a walk or you go into a park, you're going to see people that do things differently, that look differently, that speak differently. And we have an opportunity right here at, at Clearview to reach those folks through a new effort we're, uh, we're exploring through our Give Us Franklin initiative. So we don't know what that looks like yet. We're praying through that, and that's where you come into play, is what is your role going to be in that? There's lots of opportunities that we, we think are going to come our way. And we're looking forward to what God's going to do with that. But there's one thing we can't do is do nothing. That's not an option for us anymore. God's brought the nations to Middle Tennessee. There's a growing population of, of Indians that are moving into the Cool Springs area. There's a growing population of Chinese that are moving into the Cool Springs area. Do you know that Middle Tennessee here in Nashville we are home to the second largest Hindu temple on the North American continent in Bellevue. Second largest Hindu temple on the North American continent is just miles from here, Jason. We have one of the largest Kurdish populations in the, outside the Middle East is right here, just miles from where we're sitting. God's brought those people here, so we need to take advantage of that opportunity to to minister to them, to reach them, because Christ died for them as well. So, Jason, that's our Give Us so, Franklin. I don't know if you've noticed this. I've noticed even in the last year, 
I, I've just noticed as I've been driving through Franklin, I see more and more people from India walking the streets of Franklin through neighborhoods. When you go to Pinkerton Park, you see so many Latinos and Hispanics that are, that are active in our culture right now. I mean, as Kim said, the nations are coming to us, and we can't just do nothing. You know, at Clearview, one of the things I'm always on the lookout for, I always have ears for somebody that gets what I call a holy itch. Something's bothering them. God can often speak to you in what bothers you, right? And so about a year ago, Stephen and Amy Spieler came to me and they said, hey, we don't know what, but we're, we're burdened with the, the, the things that are happening in our country with race relations. So over the last year, we've been talking about that. And let me tell you what Stephen and Amy are going to do. We don't know if it's going to be something like an education program, if it's going to be working with an existing community outreach model. We don't know if it's going to be a church partnership. We don't know how it'll look. But we do know, as Kim said, we can't do nothing. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at how can Clearview step into this idea of people that are often overlooked and underserved in our community. People that many of which their kids don't eat well many of which are experiencing harder times than we really want to admit in Williamson County. And we want to do something. So here's what Stephen and Amy are going to do. We don't know where it's going to land or where it's going to go, but what we are going to do is start conversations with community leaders. And if you want to be a part of that, we're inviting you to join with them and start having those conversations of, hey, God, what, what are you calling us to do? We, we've got a lot of options here. So Kim's going to be championing this along with the Spielers, and we're going to be bringing that to you, but you're going to have a chance to respond to that today. Thanks, Kim, for all your help. I want to tell you another way that Give Us Franklin's going to be moving forward. As you know, as I told you a minute ago, I love sports. I really do. Sports shaped my life. Sports continues to shape my life. I learned about failure, a lot of it. I learned about some successes. I learned about myself. I learned about people. I learned about pride. I learned about humility. I learned a lot, and I continue to learn a lot through sports. This town, we are intoxicated with sports. It, it, is, it is a massive issue here. It, it really is, for all the right reasons and for all the wrong ones. But I'll tell you what we're going to do through our Give Us Franklin approach. This is incredibly cool, you guys. All right? So you met a few months ago my friend Milt Louder. Okay, Milt is the CEO of Amplos. He is a sports psychologist. This is him, and this is Drew Brannon. Drew works with the University of Georgia with Kirby Smart. He works with their football team, and uh, Milt works with Clemson multiple sports. That Clemson's one of his clients. They work with several other universities. They have a mobile coaching academy. So here's what we're going to do. Imagine the marketing. When coaches in Williamson County hear that they can come to Clearview once a quarter, starting in 2022, once a quarter, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, and Milt Louder and Drew Brannon and Corey Schaefer and some of the other people at Amplos, they have agreed to partner with us to right here at Clearview host a coaching academy. By the way, this isn't just for paid coaches. If you coach... Five-year-old soccer. Hey, those parents are nuts, okay? I mean, hey, legit crazy, right? I've seen some of that stuff. Whether, you're, whether you are a, a, a volunteer soccer coach, a girls' tennis coach, a swim coach, a cheerleading coach, baseball coach, basketball coach, doesn't matter. Whatever, whatever you volunteer or paid, they're going to come and they're going to host these coaching clinics on how to build culture. How to, how to treat not the player, but the person. How to coach up a kid that has a lot of anxiety because of unrealistic expectations from parents. How can they create a... Don't you, can you imagine if you're a coach in this county and you hear that you're going to get the chance to sit in a room with, with the guy that talks to Dabo Swinney every single week... 52 weeks a year about how to create a culture of psychological performance, I'm going to bet that people are going to come to that. 
I'm going to bet that coaches, when they can hear that the guy that sits in the room with Kirby Smart every, every week, I bet they come to that. Oh, I bet they'll come like crazy to that. I'm coming to that. You know why? Because I coach the 10-year-old Chargers, and we're winners, okay? We are winners. And it matters what we do on that flag football field, okay? It does, buddy. I'm participating. I'm not just helping host this sucker. So those are two ways that give us Franklin. Now, how, how can you be involved in that? I'll tell you how you can be involved in that. If you've lived in this county and your kid participated in athletics, invite those coaches, even if they were five years ago. Invite the coaches. Because we're going to talk about who Christ is in the midst of all of that. Y'all, this is going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big deal. We're going to market it like crazy. I can't wait for this to start. I can't wait for it to start. Now, that's one way that you can help with your presence. I want to tell you another way you can help with your presence. This is John Garner. John, everybody say, hey, John. John is one of my all-time heroes. I made a mistake in the first service that I'm not going to make in this service, John. I said, I want to be like John when I get old. And I didn't, I, should, I said it just now. I didn't mean to say it, John. Um, but but John, John, let me tell you something about John Garner, you guys. I'm not kidding. I, I'm not kidding. I've known this guy for almost 20 years. And John Garner is one of the most innovative dudes you'll ever be around when it comes to ministry. He pushes our staff. He's constantly thinking ahead. He is a really neat guy. And he's going to talk to you about the, one of the biggest vehicles we have for you to help you find your calling, and it's called place. So I'm going to let John take it. Thank you, Jason. That's all right. That's cool. I got guys. He keeps, like, making me older and older all the time. I don't know. But... Uh, I want to introduce you to somebody, Shelby. Come right up here. Say hi to Shelby. Hi, Shelby. This is Shelby French. Shelby is our newest staff member. She is going to help implement a deeper dive into place. You've heard about it. Some of you have taken it. Some of you have wanted to take it. Well, here's the lady who's going to make all of the ins and outs happen. And uh, Shelby came to us um, as a, she's still a student and uh, getting her degree uh, in counseling. This kind of fits right into place. Her husband is a student minister at a church over in Murfreesboro. Shelby, welcome to our staff. We're glad you're here. I am certainly glad you're here. And uh, we want this to be a great thing for you. And it will be because these people are going to love you. Let's give her a hand. Thank you, Shelby. Have you ever seen a movie where there's a sailboat in the middle of the ocean and there's no wind? It's just sitting there. And this boat's rocking back and forth. And the camera zooms in on the, on the mast. And the mast is doing this. And the sail is limp. And the guys on the boat are desperate for wind. They're desperate to move the boat because it's hot. And they're running out of water. They're running out of food. And they are just panicked because they can't move anywhere. They're stuck. Well, oftentimes in our lives, we get stuck. And we need to move forward. And we know we do. We just don't know how to do it. Well, Clearview has a tool called Place that will help you in many, many ways. In place, if you take the class, it's a two-session class, and you the first session you learn how to do it, and it's done online, and you go home and you do it online, and you come back the next week and you look at your, your profile, what we call a profile, and we look at your personality profile and how God has wired you to be who you are and to do the things that he's called you to do. He's wired you a certain way because he has a plan for your life and he knows the things that you need to accomplish that plan and he's wired you that way with a kind of personality that you have. And it's a good thing. But to complement that, our spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us. And the Holy Spirit comes and we invite Christ into our lives. He brings a set of gifts for us to complement our personalities so that we have his power working through us, through our gifts and our personality to impact the world. 
But we all have different ways that we work, and we all work in different atmospheres, different scenarios. Some of us like it nice and quiet when we work. Some of us thrive on chaos. That's me. Hello, I did sports ministry all my life. And so the the noisier and and the more fun we're having, the better off I am. And God has given me that ability to work in a situation like that, along with the spiritual gifts, along with my personality type. And so we look at each one of those things, and then we look at passions. What are you passionate about? Some things you're passionate about show up and you just do them automatic. Some things you feel very, very passionate about. And, and they bother you and they, they move you forward into some actions. All of those things we look at and the experiences of life that God has put you through to make you who you are. That is place. So if, if you need some wind in your sails, if you need to, to set a course, if you need to have the Holy Spirit move in your life, think about taking place. We'll help you. We'll walk with you through it. And Clearview is committed to showing you who you are, how God has wired you, and what he's called you to do. Thanks, John. Place is something that isn't loud, but it is critical for your success. And so we've got the team installed to help you get it. I want Graham Inman to come up here. Graham is our student pastor. Uh, We love Graham a lot. Let's tell him uh, right now. Second best preacher at Clearview, and uh, no, it didn't it didn't work at the first one either. So I got to quit on that joke. Yeah. So so um, Graham's going to talk to you about how you can invest your presence, and this is uh, well, man. I I just really hope you're listening because it's super critical right now in the life of our church. You've heard me say before, um, quote uh, a pastor I served with. Um, In Georgia, it's actually written on the wall outside of the worship center at Sherwood Church in Albany, Georgia. And he says this, he says, whoever wants the next generation the most is going to get them. Whoever wants the next generation the most is going to get them. That is, whoever is willing to fight the hardest, whoever's desire and and zeal is the strongest, that's who's going to win this next generation over. It's no secret the enemy uh, is, is after our young people. When I say young people, preschool, kids, students, college students. He's after them. He's using all sorts of mediums, all sorts of platforms, from media to social media to school systems to culture to just inundating students, pressuring young people, forcing them to reconcile with certain ideals, certain principles, certain things that are honestly just incredibly difficult. Things that I couldn't even imagine 10 plus years ago, 11, 12 years ago when I'm in their, their seat. And I, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I, what's not going to change that, what's not going to remedy that is new legislature. What's not going to remedy that is the right person in the right seat in the right office. What's not going to remedy that is the right baseball coach or the, the right program. Our students, our young people, don't need another program. They need a person. You see, I'll forever believe that while loud music and bright lights and cold pizza may get them in the building, it's not what keeps them there. What keeps them there is somebody knows their name, is willing to get in the mud with them, is willing to live life with them, invest, dig deep roots into young people's lives. Whoever wants the next generation the most will get them. And it's, it's no secret we have a, a real opposition, but here's, here's just the reality. Our young people at this church, a part of this family here at Clearview, they need you. They need you. They don't want to admit it. Self-sufficient, they have everything they need, but they need you. There are plenty of different things, opportunities, ways to serve in preschool ministry and kids ministry and student ministry and beyond. But these dreams, these visions, these goals, these, these aspirations that we have, our ministry leaders across those areas, those aspirations for the folks that you see on the screen, 
those dreams currently go unrealized, unfulfilled, because we don't have the support, the staff to be able to make those things happen. You see, we need you. And as soon as I say that, I'm not saying we need babysitters. We need investors, people who are going to get on the front lines, people who are going to care, people who are going to invest in the next generation. I don't don't mean to paint a picture of just doom and gloom here, but the reality is the world is fighting much harder for our young people than a lot of us can sometimes. And so as we think about these, these areas, these dreams, these visions, these goals, these aspirations for our ministries, a lot of those calls are going unanswered. A lot of those dreams are going unrealized. And we're not just looking for you to fill a hole. We're looking for you to fill a heart. We're looking for you to care, for you to dig deep, to invest, to, to say, you know what, I, I, I'm in. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not a theological scholar. I'm not some biblical you know, expert. I didn't go to seminary. I get it. I know those thoughts. As soon as I say that, I say, well, that's not my gift set. I don't really know how to teach. I'm not the best communicator. I don't know a lot of, of, of theology. And to that, just oblige me for a second. To that, I would tell you, Bubba Winfield was a firefighter. Ken Brady, an insurance adjuster. Cliff Norville, the city engineer. John Tic Tac Ernest. I don't know how he got the nickname Tic Tac, and I don't know what he does, but he was there. Jonathan Mass, the financial advisor. Ray LaCrouts, transportation and supply chain logistics company owner. All those men... Monty Gordon worked at FedEx, Terry Sharp, a mechanic. All those men, none of them went to seminary. None of them ever desired to work for a church. None of them ever took a seminary class. Yet, I remember every one of their names. I have every one of their phone numbers in my phone right now, and I'd be willing to bet that if I called them today, they'd answer. Why? Because they care. They're in. Clearview, we will move at the pace that we desire. We have dreams. We have goals. We have visions. We'll move. The boat will sail at the speed that we desire. And we need warriors. We need people who will stand up and say, you know what, I see what's happening in the culture around us. I see what's happening to young people. I see the things they're facing, not on my watch. No more. I'm not willing to concede another inch of ground to the enemy on this. I'm invested. I'm in. I'm serving. I'm in to win. Because whoever wants this generation the most is going to get them. You know, Graham is doing a great job leading our student ministry, but he's just one guy. And he's got a team around him with Madison and and others, and and we're going to do what we can, but the reality is, I'm going to say it a, a little more bluntly than Graham did, there's a lot we can't do right now in student ministry. Because of presence. You know, somebody paid it forward for you if you grew up in church. We need people to pay it forward now. And you can do it. You can do it. I'm telling you, you can do it. You can invest your presence. And so we're going to move a little bit higher than just our presence. We're going to look at our money. Because it's going to involve students too. And so as we look at, I told you I was going to show you three ways you can set your sale. You can set your sales through your presence, through your money, and through your soul work. So let's talk about money for just a minute when it comes to how we're going to look at investing. I want to say this um, really, really clearly, and especially to all of you that are students in the room, okay? All of you students, listen to me really good. Um, You're not going to lose Graham. But we are going to promote Graham, all right? We're going to promote Graham. That, that's a good thing. You should smile. Don't look freaked out, okay? What, what, what? Let me tell you, I tell Graham all the time, 
Graham is so much smarter and so much talented than I was at, at his age. He is. And so we're going to find a way to make student ministry better, deeper, and wider. You know, when I came to Clearview, the first year I was here, I found out a lot like I, I, I kind of felt like a civil action attorney. I was interviewing people all the time, uh, long-term church members, new church members, going to breakfast, lunch, dinner sometimes, even in the same day with different people. I mean, I had so many meetings. And I was asking the question, how did we get here? Whatever here is, how did we get here? How do you think we got here? And one of the things I picked up on pretty quick from a lot of our long-term established people in Clearview was that student ministry, as far as leadership has concerned, was a revolving door. It was just a revolving door. Part of that is the nature of the fact that most student ministry people and employees are in their 20s. And we're, you know, I think, I think, and this, by the way, this isn't just a Clearview problem. This is a student ministry problem in most churches across the country. It's a revolving door because somehow churches think they're going to be able to take a 21 to a 27-year-old person and nail them down, and they're never going to leave, right? Yeah, because you never changed your mind when you were 24, right? I mean, we're, we're transient by nature. But let me tell you, I, I, I want to give you a couple of, of figures that one of our uh, long-term Clearview members gave me just the other day. I was talking with this person about this very issue, and they said, you know, we worked in student ministry for 15 years, Clearview. In that time, I can think off the top of my head, we went through 12 student pastors in, in, those thir in 30 years of our startup since 1985. In our 15 years, we had eight different student pastors in those 15 years. It's almost one every two years, which is the national average, by the way. And we had 10 plus ministry assistants right off the top of their head. It's a revolving door. But let me tell you what happens. Every, I've learned this by just watching. Every time one of our, God calls one of our student ministry uh, workers, whether they're a girls director, boys director, student pastor, ministry assistant, intern, whatever, every time one of those leave for it doesn't matter the reason, this is what happens. Everybody gets their hair on fire, okay? Our inbox blows up with questions. People freak out. You know, you got people, yeah, we got we to gotta change churches now. We got to change churches. And they go to that other church and, and they go to that other church. And when they do, they're there for a year and a half. And then that student pastor leaves. And then, I mean, it's just this crazy hair on fire moment, right? So, you know what? We're not going to change that, you guys. We're not going to change it. We're not going to change the fact that young adults in their 20s, have a tendency to come and go. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can embrace it and actually use it to our advantage if we will see it as creating missionaries. And that's what we're going to do. We have prayed a lot about this. We've worked with our finance team. We've worked with our personnel team. And so we're going to launch something, and Graham's going to lead it. It is one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to be a part of, and you're going to get to be a part of it too. It's called Kingdom Growth Institute. We're going to take student ministry leaders from universities coming right out of college, and we're going to get them much like a medical residency. They're going to be ours for two years. We're going to coach them up in real practices, and we're going to ship them out. And we're going, to in, we're going to impact churches all across the nation. You know what my vision for Kingdom Growth Institute is that one day, five, six, ten years from now, churches, much like careerbuilder.com or indeed.com, churches would look at Clearview and go, hey, could we get one of your residents that we could feed the nation's churches by growing up and while they're here, they can be used of God to do amazing things for that, we are going to actually find a way to create missionaries. So I want Graham to come back up here, and Graham's going to explain to you what Kingdom Growth Institute is, and then I'm going to tell you how we're going to fund it. It's really, really, really neat. Listen to me, students. What did I tell you? You're not losing Graham, okay? It's just going to get better. 
It's going to get better, stronger, and wider. He's still going to be involved in student ministry. We're just going to make it better. So Graham's going to tell you how, okay? First, to students, uh, for those of you that are disappointed that I'm not leaving, um, <laughs> you know, see me after class. Um, so, uh, no, uh, J- as Jason said, uh, Kingdom Growth Institute's an idea we've been kind of really praying about and, 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 and building out in our own minds for a while. And I'll just tell you, crazy thrilled and honored to be able to be a part of it. Our, our church, the leadership teams, the committees have embraced this thing, honestly, from the jump. And it was awesome to hear and to see that they're just really, really excited about it. So let me tell you what KGI is, what we call it, Kingdom Growth Institute. KGI, what it is not. KGI is not just for student ministry. We will start with student ministry because as I um, have the privilege of expanding my role and responsibility a little bit, we we don't want student ministry to miss a beat. Um, And so we're going to have to begin to backfill some things in student ministry to keep bolstering it, to keep growing it, uh, to keep um, just honestly keep that pressure right where it needs to be and honestly increase some of that pressure. And so it's not just for student ministry, but it's kind of birthed out of the idea. So when we bring our interns in each summer, we bring three or four or five, how many interns in over the summer. They breathe life into students, into our student ministry. There's excitement that the building, the, the temperature just changes, right? On Sundays, throughout the week, events, all different things. And so we thought, what would it be like to just see that happen all year long? And so it, it's, it's, it's not just for student ministry, but it was kind of birthed out of the idea of what if we could, as Jason said, embrace it. And it's not just an internship. So we're not bringing residents in to go get coffee. Uh, we're not having them make a bunch of copies and be the, the grunt work in the office. This is not, we're, we're raising up kingdom leaders to be actively involved through Give Us Franklin initiatives in the streets uh, and in missional efforts as we move forward to, to reach Franklin. So this is not just an intern program to have some office support. This is expanding kingdom reach. And so when we think about KGI, there's really three buckets. There's three different kind of areas that, that, that we get involved in that we have to build upon. And I put it on the screen for you. The first is to recruit, to recruit these leaders, to bring them in. As we begin to look at ministry areas and staff ministry areas and kids ministry, student ministry, worship, uh, any, any areas that, that could use the help that we think would be a good use of this, this role. But we got to recruit those folks that have the heart and the hustle. Uh, for ministry work, for kingdom work. Uh, and so we're partnering with several universities. I say several, really just a couple for now, building deep partnerships with places like Union University at Sanford University, some BCMs, BSUs that are across the state of Tennessee and really in the region, folks that are dealing with college students and leading and loving them every single day, working with them to build a pipeline through which we can recruit and we can place college students not seminary students. We're not looking for master's degrees. We're not looking for theological experts. We're looking for folks that just care and want to be a part of kingdom work in a local church setting. So we recruit them for a two-year run in residency. And so it's a two-year commitment, two-year program. We're committing to them. They're committing to us. They get on-the-job training. They get ministry experience. And it's a full-time level role. And so we're getting incredible infusion of, 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 of human capital, of, of effort, and of workload that we can throw right into the city of Franklin through the efforts of Clearview. So we recruit them, get them here, get them placed, and then we begin to invest. And investment's kind of a two-way street. We're going to invest a ton into these residents. We've already built out the first 12 to 16 months worth of their leadership growth track. When we went to Union University and met with Todd Brady, who's one of the vice presidents there, we began to dream up a little bit of what, what, what do we need to get started. He said, we need a, a track, something that we can say, here is the, 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 the syllabus, if you will, the coursework that you'll be able to go through. So that's going to look a lot of different ways, anything from daily, weekly coaching with that ministry area leader. So if they work for me, they'd work uh, with student ministry, they'd work with me, with kids ministry, with Jenny, and so on and so on, right? And so they get all of that. We're going to invest in them through monthly lunch and learn leadership lunches that cover several different ministry on the ground, boots on the ground ministry topics, how to handle crisis, short-term and long-term. How does church budgeting work? Um, what does it look like to develop a talk, to, to, to develop a, a message for a large group? Things of that nature that are really very, very practical things. Every single month, a different topic led by a different leader, either on our team or in the community. 
Beyond that, they'll get quarterly offsite trainings, team building, fun things uh, that we've, we've worked up a little bit. They're really practical project kind of days that'll teach them short-term crisis planning and how to sell a ministry idea and how to get money for a certain initiative. All these different things um, that a lot of us have to learn the hard way and, and just kind of learn from experience, but give them the leg up right away. And they're, we're going to continue investing them with an annual summit with our executive team here to be able to really get leadership principles built into them for that two-year experience. And they're going to be investing in us. They're going to be investing in Franklin, in Williamson County. They're going to invest in our students and our young people. They're going to invest in whatever ministry area they're involved in. They're going to invest their time, their sweat equity, their passion with us, and we're going to see Franklin change because of the time they spend with us. And that third, that third kind of step in the process is to send. We realize that, as Jason said, that the, the, the early to mid-20s is a really transient time for many people. And, and there's this attachment that we're glad happens when Spurgeon uh, said one time that when someone leaves a church, it should feel like a ripping away. If, if it doesn't feel like you ripped away, you probably weren't very attached and so we, we understand that there's that, that we're going to lean into that a little bit because students, the truth is you can't expect them to be here forever because you won't be here forever, right? You're going to graduate and, and move on and do your thing. And so we're going we're to have uh, the, these, these folks that we're going to have had for two years and poured into and invested in each of them. They're going to walk out of here a better, a better leader, a better man, a better woman, a stronger believer and follower of Jesus, a stronger minister. And then we're going to partner with church plants, ministries across our country, and around the world. Folks that are looking for some help, just like these residents. Say, hey, you, you have anybody? Can we, we, can we, who can we trust? Who's somebody that we can, we can bring in and make an impact right away? And we say, you know what? We got five of them. And there, there's three of them graduating from the program this fall. Here are the ones that, you see what I'm saying? You begin to build this out to where we're sending folks all across the world. Right here from 537 Franklin Road. Because of our faithfulness, our obedience, our generosity, and our desire to see Franklin and beyond change through Kingdom Growth Institute. Graham is getting his doctorate in leadership, and he's almost finished. And when he is finished, you are not allowed to call him Dr. Inman um, because you don't call me Dr. Cruz. And so I'm going to get dibs on that if that happens anyway, right? So Graham's the perfect guy to lead this, and I couldn't be more excited. Students, I want you to hear, I, I'm going to need your help on something. No, I mean, I need every one of you students, if you're in middle school or high school, I need you to listen to me. I need you to help, I need you to help me do something. Did you hear what Graham said? You can't expect them to stay forever because you're not staying forever. You're going. You're going, and I need you to change your mindset. We're going to create missionaries, and you're going to get to help. You're going to get to help. Think about the interns you already help with, how you've gotten attached every year to, the, to those folks. Why? But you get to send them. Listen, all you, all you parents out here, hear what Graham said. It's not just, a, we're going to, maybe Alexis might need one. Kim Margrave might need a resident. We may need some in digital. We don't know how it's going to play out, but this is more than just students. But I want you to understand, we are going to send these people. This isn't a way for us to just grow our staff in some weird way. We are sending these people. So I want to show you how we're going to invest in it and how you get to play a role in Kingdom Growth Institute because it's really neat what your finance team has done. Check out this video. The Kingdom Growth Institute will start out seeded by a $200,000 investment coming from our FY22 budget. We are forming a task force to oversee the funds because that is simply both healthy and right. That task force will consist of Graham Inman, Daniel Gutting, Clearview's finance director, the current finance committee chair, and Robin Harry. Robin is a CPA, managing principal of Diversified Trust, a trustee of Union University, a trustee of the Southern Baptist Foundation, and chair of finance for the executive committee of the Southern Baptist Convention. Most importantly, she's a deeply invested Clearview member using her talents to serve our church. The final process for how we set up the financial structure for Kingdom Growth Institute is still under construction under the Finance Committee's oversight. No matter how we set the fund up in its final form, the most exciting part is that you will be able to directly affect the health of churches across America by your support. You'll be able to give beyond the tithe to Kingdom Growth Institute 
And by your giving, you will be planting real dollars into God's kingdom work by investing in the lives of rising ministers of the gospel who are leading the next generation. Imagine how many churches we will impact. Imagine how many towns we will impact. All because we sent out missionaries from Clearview. Really exciting times for me and Michelle. I've already been talking with her a little bit about, honey, how, how can we give monthly beyond the tithe to this? This is going to be monumental, church. We're going to look up and we're going to make a difference. And so I want to share with you one other area. I told you about investing your presence, investing your money. But now let's talk about your soul, your soul work. We've got some, some, something really important coming your way. And, and I want to tell you how we got there. A few weeks ago, as we were getting ready for this day and, and looking at how we can move our church forward spiritually, I happened to spontaneously ask a question in the creative suite with some of our key staff members. We were in there. It wasn't our whole staff. In fact, we weren't even in that meeting to do this. But the question came up, and I asked, I asked them this. I said, what is so from hell that you want it gone? What is so from hell in the families you minister to at Clearview? What is so from hell in the school systems that you want it gone? What is so from hell in homes that you know of that you want it out of here? What is so from hell in this town that you want it gone? And so we got on a glass board in the creative suite, and I just let them answer. It was a completely organic exercise. And let me tell you what your staff said based on what's going on in our church, what's going on in our school systems, what's going on in our neighborhoods. And they gave us answers like, I want to see sexual confusion gone. I, I want to see a drug culture in Franklin gone. I, I want to see kid worship gone. I want to see materialism and greed gone. I want to see status and image and all that we do to attain it gone. And the more we began to talk about that, the more we realized we were talking about bondage. Bondage comes in all kinds of forms. And the reason this is such a big deal is because as we talk about you discovering your purpose, let me tell you what you can't do. You're not going to be able to set your sail if God calls you to do something, let me tell you what you don't want, okay? You don't want weight on that boat. And it looks different for all of us. For some of you, it's anxiety. For some of you, it's self-confidence. For some of you, it's something that happened 20 years ago. For some of you, it is something that's attached to you and you need relief. It made me think of the verse in Hebrews where Paul tells us this. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let's rid ourselves of every obstacle and sin which so easily entangles us. And let's run with endurance the race set before us. When you go to run a race, you don't add lead weight. And so let me tell you what we're going to do, okay? This is a big deal. It's a really big deal. It's going to be huge in the life of this church, and it's going to be big in your life. I'm going to go through it, and let me tell you how we're going to do it, okay? We're going to get unshackled from things that bind us, and we're going to find our freedom in Christ so that we can run our race, we can set the sail in our own individual lives. It's going to start in January, and the tool we're going to use is called Keys to Freedom. Keys to Freedom. Keys to Freedom is a study. It's an eight-week study. Many of you are already doing it. So, especially in our women's ministry, it is not just a women's ministry thing. It is a tool for anybody. And we're going to ask this starting in January. We're going to, you ready? We're going to ask 100% of people, middle school and up, to go through it. 100%. We're going to be going to our Men of Franklin leaders. Shane's going to be taking our Men of Franklin leaders. And we're going to be pushing that into our Men of Franklin groups. Nancy Thomas who's on our, our staff right now. This is Nancy. And Nancy's one of those quiet people that you just look up and stuff's done, right? Nancy, we're going to elevate her role to a women's director. You know why, ladies? Because we want somebody on our staff that you can have as a kingdom liaison in your life. That's how much we're behind women too. 
We want you to have someone representing you. And so we're going to take men and women and students 100%. We're going to start it in January. I'm going to do a series through January and February on Keys to Freedom. I'm going to tell you, you better get ready, man. I went through the introduction to this. We're going to go through it as a staff in the next few weeks. And uh, I started going through the introduction. And after about like two sessions, I was like, this is like honest stuff. In fact, I told Shane, uh, he said, yeah, it's kind of like the last night of camp every week. <laughs> you know? It, stuff comes out. And we're not going to be afraid of that. We're not going to be afraid of that. Because God is calling us to a new song. Listen, friends, you can't run your race shackled. You just can't. You can't run your race shackled, and we're not going to. Why does this matter? Why does it matter? Why does it matter that you set your sail? Why does it matter that you find your purpose? I'll tell you why it matters. It matters because you are created for a reason. People need you because people that die without Jesus spend an eternity in hell. And we're not going to let that happen to whatever extent we can help it. So we want to see you be freed up to minister through your presence, through your money, and through your soul work. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world is sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.